Welcome to Nerds Talk About the Boys, the show where we do what the fuck you think we're doing. I'm SC. <laughs> this, is this is DP. DP. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the nerds, the show on Amazon, uh, the boys, the show on Amazon, season two, uh, episodes one through three. I'm <coughs> super excited to get this going. Um, a lot of really cool stuff on the show, a lot of really new stuff for us here. Uh, DP, before we jump into what is going to be uh, awesome, an awesome recap, an awesome discussion of some really cool yep. stuff uh, yep. on the boys. Why don't you tell the good people who have decided to spend some time with us where they can find us? Make sure that you are following us all over social media at Nerdcyclopedia. You see it down there at the bottom. Make sure that you follow us, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Um, of course, you're here watching us on YouTube or whatever channel that you're watching on. Make sure that you subscribe and hit the notification button. So anytime that we are on live, you will get a notification or anytime we basically just put up a video, period. Also, make sure that you guys are going to nerdcyclopedia.com where you see all our links. We have different, you know, stuff on the site and everything regarding the different podcasts that we're into. Um, mainly, you know, what we're talking about right now, the boys. And also make sure that you're following us. Um, I'm DP Brown um, at Dog Pound Brown. You see it at the bottom there. And also make sure that you're following. Uh-oh, got to make sure I point the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Hitch, my partner Hitch, you know, on and still see Hitch. Um, just make sure that you follow us all over social media. There, there you go. We say we all, we say wild stuff on social media that we're too afraid to say on the show. Uh, <laughs> and we're not afraid to say much on here, <laughs> but there's some stuff here. Okay, so the boys season two has done something I didn't think it was going to do, and it's okay. It's, okay, it's given a okay. lot of like depth, like more depth to these characters. Than all, I already, I mean, in just three episodes, with a, it's a lot to unpack. I mean, the characters get deep. I mean, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of character work uh, yeah. happening for sure. You know, one thing about it's like the boys season one is almost like a car crash. It, it's like a sequence of events that happens and happens and happens and happens. And it's, it's wild. And, and you just can't look away. You just you know, you're, you're right from the beginning of the, like the first, very first episode of first season. Your mouth is a gate, yep. you know, just like open and everything. And just like you said, like a car crash, it just goes by. And no matter how much you try to look away, you just can't. To borrow from uh, Mike Judge, uh, to borrow from his movie Idiocracy, um, you know, uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I lost my train of thought there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> my bad. All right, so. Uh oh. Yeah, that's my bad. Future callback. <laughs> okay, well, it'll come back to me later. All right, so the story of the boys again, it's it's broadened, and so it's. Oh, I now know what I was going to say. You know, the, in the Idiocracy, there's a movie called Butt, and it's just a butt on the screen. And, <laughs> and the, the, character, the main character, who's smart than everyone, says, why don't you care about the butt? And, like, why doesn't the butt fart? You know what I mean? So or if we find out a lot this year about why the butt farts, <laughs> is what I was going to say. Hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. So let's talk, you know, let's. Well, I'm going to break it up a little bit by episode. I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to talk in the order of the show. The first thing I want to address, though, is this it's the relationship between black noir and homelander i want to talk about that because, okay. because i didn't expect you to go there well this okay. is where we start this is where we start because so so homelander is this this symbol of, of american power and he is brutal and he is ruthless but there are things i guess that he still doesn't want to be seen doing he doesn't want to get his hands dirty right right so he sends black noir when he knows that he's just got a it's going to be the type of thing where you don't have no survivors, no witnesses. It yep. is what it is. When, when, when a dirty, you know, dirty deeds need done, you know, there was a black noir and everything. He's right at him. To and neutralize oh, the, the super terrorist. And, 
And then and he, he just had to slide in, you know, because his thing was, you know, he has to brand and name him. You know, he should be called super villain, but we'll call it what it is right now. Right, right. It's so fun. That, there's this running gag in this show where Homelander wants to call them super villains and nobody will let him. And he gets like, <laughs> petulant like a child about it and corrects them and keeps putting his finger up. Super villains. Super villains. Very, very funny. And, and he's just the type of he's the type of guy that has to have it his way in a certain way or else yeah. he'll cut you in half with his laser beam eyes. Which, ah, yeah. Take no effort from him. Right, right. The first time we see Homelander is at Translucent's funeral. And there are so many great... Before we talk oh. about the overarching symbols, let's talk about the, the great like empty suit gags that they keep showing in the background. The, the, the empty suit gags are just way too hilarious. <laughs> they hold him up as a baby. And you never see his face. You right. just never see... It's just empty suits, empty baby suits. <laughs> You know, his sister holding him up, you know, his, his parents and everything. And then, you know, the deep sees him in a bar, yeah. you know, um, and, and he said, that's my arm. They cut me off again. <laughs> that's my shoulder in that picture. That's my shoulder. They cut me off again. And then, I mean, it's, it's the and then also the gags are like, uh, if you look closely at like um, some of the different um, um, signs that are posted uh, with um, like the, 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 the people that who are, you know, came out of the funeral and everything who are posting signs and stuff. You know, see you in the next life. You know, I'll see you. You know, um, see me here and everything. <laughs> just, just, just different stuff to just, uh, just call, call to you know him being translucent and everything. It's just crazy, man. That was just, you know, you could tell that this is Seth Rogen production. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's this, there's this X Men comic book where, where Colossus's sister Magic Ileana dies, and they have a funeral for her, and it's everyone shows up in their costumes and stuff just like this. So it's this real, there's this weird sort of you know, a trope inversion where, you know, these like formal events that, that we have as people, like mm -hmm. if, if I were in the X-Men that I would show up in my full X-Men regalia, you know what I mean? With like the whole head, like the headpiece and <laughs> that like amplifies my mind right. beams and stuff. Right. right. So th having, having this funeral like this and having it being, you know, having it played for last while at the same time being just so full of overt, like fascist imagery. You know? And I'm going to say it like that because, because there's this, if this had been if this had been released in June, I would have mm -hmm. been shocked by how mm -hmm. over the top all the fascist mm -hmm. imagery was. But it was okay. released in September, and so it's sort of like <laughs> this seems like one they put they punted on this, right? Is that yeah. is that what yeah. you're feeling? Because yeah. like, it feels like yeah. It, yeah. It, in a vacuum, I would be just horrified. Yeah, by yeah. This. yeah. But now but I'm just like now it's like uh, they could have okay, done, done a little bit more. From my, yeah, right, right, right. You know, I mean, I wanted know, this to be over the top. <laughs> How far removed from reality is this actually, know, you know? Right? So, so Homelander is like a pastor at this sort of like fake Christian church. And when yeah. I think we, we sort of season two does this thing where, where there's a big flip in everybody's perception of, of the heroes. And I think that it's nice to anchor ourselves here because there's this divine right idea at play. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about political philosophy, which we're going to do by the way, because <laughs> it's my show. Oh, it's my I mean, show this, 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 this show just asks for it. <laughs> it does, right? So if you have this, like, if you marry the state and the church together, it's a very, very, very dangerous thing to do because religion cannot broker compromise and the government has to broker compromise unless it doesn't compromise with anyone. <laughs> right. Now, all this, a lot of this stuff is sort of... Um, <clears throat> You know, this divine right of king stuff and who should be in charge and who should run everything. It, it's interesting because 
you know, it's basically the whole enlightenment, the whole 18th mm-hmm. century of, of political thought is the idea of who should be in charge, right? And you reach the point in philosophy where you get to a guy named Friedrich Nietzsche, which you, you may have heard of before. He's very famous. Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche, yes. And he, he has this idea that basically says that, you know, you can, through your willpower, become more than morality. You can become something called an, an uber an ubermensch or a superman. Mm-hmm. And you, right. you can, through your own power, transcend the boundaries of morality, right? So what Homelander is, is he is that endpoint, right? He is the superman, and he sees himself in this Nietzschean way. His right. will is supreme. Nothing can get in the way. Right. Now, if some of this sounds familiar to you, and <laughs> maybe you've been watching a lot of documentaries about World War II, it might. <laughs> but, but Quite possibly. It may. You know, there's, it's interesting. This very episode links us to the Nazis, right? So yeah. Homelander isn't just the progeny of Nazis. He wasn't just designed like in a lab by Nazis. He was then raised by them. Yeah, with superpowers at with that. With superpowers, so he really can't demonstrate. <laughs> it's like, how do you know you're better than everybody? Well, I can fly. Watch. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Point. I guess. I mean, yeah. You know, this guy, he wants to control his own branding. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the first episode, we see um, him um, meet a, a potential member of the Seven. <laughs> you know, um, you know, so um, Ashley brings him, you know, uh, another member, and he he's sort of like a daredevilish type of guy, but. Yeah. Her thing is that, you know, the inclusivity and, like, the diversity and everything, him being, like, you know, uh, I believe, like, like of Asian uh, descent and him being, um, you know, um, um, having the – what what word word do I want to use? I'm being blind, you know. Um, Homeland refers to him as crippled, but you know, there's a <laughs> nice obviously he's to, not right. He's to, jumping to, to around actually, and looking. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he, he's doing all this, country. and you know, it looks amazing. Yeah. You know, when when he does it, just like how Daredevil would, um, you know, and 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 which is like is is he, you know, he's like a spoof off, you know, spoof off of that. Right. But Homelander, you know, sees him for what he really is, or what um, Homelander you know, wants him to be in everything. You know, you're, you're bringing me somebody who is not perfect, imperfect, you know, at that, you know, Homelander wants the, the, um, the most perfect people in his group, you know, to represent him, you know, essentially since he's a leader and he's, and he makes the decision right after, you know, he snaps his ear and everything makes, you know, blood splatter, you know, go all out of it, you know, a lot of, a lot of everything. He makes the decision right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's done. He's quite done. He makes the decision to, you know, be in charge of his own branding, be in charge of his own marketing and everything. Now, come on now. Um, if they're supposed to be all like, um, you know, this whole marketing thing and then bought as like the controlee of everything, mm-hmm. how is Homelander now in charge of taking care of all of that? Because he sees himself as a superior over everyone. Mm-hmm. So he wants to run the seven. He wants to run everything right. about the seven. He wants total control mm-hmm. over you know, who joins the seven and who runs with him. And mm-hmm. he hates disabled people. And that's not weird because as you may remember, and this is another thing that was probably in some of those documentaries, the Nazis weren't very keen on the disabled. Uh, they did some very <laughs> mean stuff to the disabled, including right. sterilization and uh, murder. So having someone who could easily take control of the world when, if they felt like it, be they felt like it, he's really holding himself back. 
I really don't want to do it. I mean, I'm trying everything I can not to have to do this. Is pretty much right. <laughs> I'm just being nice with you guys and everything. But also, we we flip over to um, Stan. So mm-hmm. we meet Stan. You know, he's like the the head of Vault, right? Yeah. Well, he's we, like the. Well, we meet Edgar, Mr. Edgar. Is that what you mean? Is it Stan? Is his name Stan Edgar? Uh, you mean John Carl Esposito, right? Yeah, John Carl Esposito. Yeah, Mr. Edgar. Yeah. Okay, same dude. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the same guy. Homelander's yeah. a little afraid of him. That's uh-huh. weird. Uh-huh. Why? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Why? Now, this there's a speech that they have where basically we get this whole big background of like what's been happening in the history of superheroes in this universe, which as you know, as you know, DP, is a is a particular peccadillo of mine. I am always interested in what's been going on since World War II because I feel like you have to address the comic book history if you want to make a, a subversion of the tropes, right? You have to say it's real. It has to be existing. And we talk about they talk about Soldier Boy killing dozens of Axis and using um using a Ooh using this, this substance to create supers for years and years and years. And you know what I've been thinking? It's like this weird thing. You know, we got a uh, an age on Translucent, right? He was like 40 right. years old, okay? Yeah. So he was born in 1980, which makes him a high millennial or an early millennial, much like myself. So we're in the same generation. Okay. I was thinking about this. The seven is a lot like a sports team in that, <laughs> in that it seems like you sort of age <clears throat> out of being hip, and then they mm-hmm. kind of replace you with somebody who's – who's yeah. younger right. and and as an older millennial as someone mm-hmm. who's who's on the on the far side of 35 it's i appreciate them showing the tension between like us and the people born in the 90s because it's they're like us but they're not us <laughs> no no they're not it's, it's, uh, it's a different thing you know <laughs> so you see a train like all these guys are like homelander's getting older a train's getting older and you have some like queen Maeve. I, I have this idea that a lot of these guys like the deep they're all about 35 to 40 something like in that range right. maybe 45 right. maybe homelander's 90 years old i don't know he could be superman doesn't age either right so maybe he's right. 90 years old. uh but there's this like generational shift that's happening where maybe mm-hmm. a train used to be the youngest member and now he's sort of turning into middle and older yeah he's got yeah. we've got you know starlight yeah. and stormfront are both probably like 24 yeah yeah they're they're, they're younger and um you see that with a train because he's now taking, you know, more compound V and everything, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting, he's sort of like feeling himself um, more because he's aging, like, you know, it's out, out of, outside of the bracket. Yeah. Eventually, if this thing is, is what it is, as far as marketing and everything, you know, they're celebrities, you know, um, and we see in Hollywood, as, as far as like older celebrities, they don't take as well as like, you know, younger ones. They're not like the shiny new object and everything. Mm-hmm. So Stormfront is coming in. We got, you know, Starlight coming in. Those are like the shiny new objects on the block and everything. And I mean, not to, to get too far ahead, but we see by the end, Stormfront is at the front. <laughs> so Stormfront, let's talk about her because she's the new superhero from Portland and she seems to be about 24. I think she's a younger millennial, maybe born around 90, maybe in the mid nineties or something. Uh-huh. And she is very progressive when it comes to issues of both, it seems, uh, race and sex. However, yeah. however, yeah. much She's like, not afraid to speak her mind. No, she is not. Much like Lord Voldemort, not a fan of the normals. Uh, <laughs> not a fan of the normals. So, again, we see this, this attachment to the Nietzschean idea of the Superman. And yeah. we see her specifically reject religion, too, which is another mm-hmm. aspect of... Um, of that sort of uh, idea of the over person, the beyond moral person. Um, 
it's so great that they didn't make her a type. Yes. You know, and they put like super dimension on her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she came off as like a, 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 a you know, a, a, a specific type and everything. So I'm like the new girl, the rebel and everything, the one that'll say like, you know, anything that comes to her mind and stuff. And of course, Starlight, she's sort of attracted, you know, not attracted, but she's sort of like, you know, taking on to that. Um, because she wished she could say some of the things that she had, you know, that she does and stuff. But, she, uh, but um, you know, the, the, the Stormfront, she comes in the door, <laughs> you know, first, you know, you talking about being like a, um, you know, young and she, she's with like her phone and everything and um, broadcasting, you know, out to her followers and all that stuff and just doing everything that you would, you know, you'll see, you know, this, this, this current generation doing and all that. Um, and, then we see uh, her doing not a 180, but just adding more dimension and character to her thing, especially when she um, when she she murdered, <laughs> when, she, when she ended up murdering that um, the, 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 the one girl, the whole family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For no reason. Yeah. <laughs> we should have just yeah. walked right through. Right. I mean, yeah. there's no reason whatsoever to do that. It was like fun for her. Right. So she so that's who does that remind you of? Oh, man. So. This this show is interesting because it seems to me that it has been a very bad idea to allow people to have superpowers, especially young people. Superiorly bad, man. Terrible how do you how do you even contemplate? Okay, we're going to give all these people powers, you know, grow, grow and raise these people, mm-hmm. and then you know turn them about the world and still claim control. You know how they make and you know maintain a control is just beyond me. But you know they're trying to do it. You know um, through through whatever means that they do. So yeah, you're right. This is this is crazy. This I, is craziness. I'm excited about control like the, the Justice League. How do you how would you, right? And and remember the answer is Batman has that million dollar sliver of a meteor. And he and what does he say? There's this this cartoon where they, the Justice League is getting together. He tells the Martian Manhunter, I have a one million dollar sliver of meteor for him. I just need a pack of matches for you or something like that. Oh yeah, right. yeah. That 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 day had a um, uh, Grant Morrison, I believe, had a um, just you know, hate hashtag hate Sam for uh, <laughs> both the wrong offer. But um, there was a storyline in the Justice, you know, Justice League comic books and everything, where Batman had something on every Justice League mm. member just in case, and they found out Batman had that on them. They got really mad at him, you know, and sort of ostracized him to a degree and everything. But you know, him being Batman. You know, he has to, if these superpowers, Batman has no powers, if, he, if these superpowers ever decided they wanted to be, like, the seven, right. you know, he has to find some way to take them out. So, of course, he's Batman. You know, he has to have that, you know, the, um, you know, the ace in the hole. Yeah. Well, that, that's because the in the DC universe, and this is this is something I think I mentioned last, last uh, in the preview or the, the recap, you know, this is an atheist superhero story. Because there is no power. There's no overarching power that bends everything toward the good, right? The pe- right. good people don't always win. And right. the people that have the powers don't feel like they need to be responsible because they're not above us. They are just people. Now, I would say, if I were arguing about Nietzschean philosophy, that that undoes the entire concept of the overperson. But then again, I've lived through, you know, we've lived through the history of the 20th century. So we know what's a good idea and what's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's break. pretty much written right there. Okay, Hashtag, this is what you should do. Yeah. This is what you should not do. Hashtag don't copy this part of history. But if you don't learn this section of history, you will repeat it in the future. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. So, so that's the whole point of studying history. 
<laughs> and nobody nobody does and that's okay that's okay we're, we're a stupid we're a stupid species guys it's all right maybe um homelander wants to do american exceptionalism as well you know at one point, i'm you know. just gonna say this maybe we should stop mix it. church and stop. state let's stop just it. mix church and stop. state because stop. it's never been tried before stop it <laughs> all right. so let's talk about annie i'm gonna talk about annie now because you Annie, know, I love Annie, man. Uh, Annie yeah. is the best. I think you know. Holly brought this up, and we were watching my my wife Holly. Uh, we were watching the boys together because we have that kind of relationship where she'll put up with right. it. Right, yeah, buddy. And there's this scene. It's the montage right at the beginning where Huey's get watching uh, <laughs> Billy Joel's Pressure <laughs> on the music video, and yeah. she's taking off all her sort of starlight accoutrement. Um, right. And. What, what Holly said is it reminds her of these sort of tropey girl scenes where they do that take off the makeup bit, right? I think mm -hmm. there's one. She she specifically called out How to Get Away with Murder, which is a good, which is one I remember and a good one, right? Okay. So they take off all their makeup. And I was struck in this superhero story, you know, there's this trope where like Batman, right? The suit up, mm -hmm. where he starts putting mm -hmm. up all of his stuff and he's got his bat suit on and he pulls his hood on and now he's no longer George Clooney. <laughs> he's batman with the nipples with nipples nipple batman yes uh the best batman of all uh so there's this idea that that the superhero puts on this accoutrement to become a hero right puts on this like this costume right. this makeup right. whatever they put on but right. annie removes all of it right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then annie is the superhero yeah so it's batman in reverse Great it's point. the inverse it's a mirror of that trope because she's a woman first of all and because right. she is it's it's more courageous for her to go out by herself as herself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So a total inverse because right, you know, right from when right right where we see her in the beginning, she she's at the um, funeral procession and everything, yeah. uh, or the ceremony and everything. She's singing, she's That's singing her song actress, and all. By the way. That's actually the actress. Oh, she's actually singing that That's for real. Her. Can... Oh wow! It, it was talented. we accidentally paused it in the X-ray okay. and said it's her. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Hey, you know, you know, props to her. You know, yeah, the actress. Yeah. So, so she's singing everything, singing really good too, yeah. by the way. Um, but this is all, you know, facade for her, and you know, essentially. So she, she, like you said, she, she takes on the, you know, brevity of um, doing like the side work with Huey, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, trying to take down like the seven, trying to, re you know, uh, reveal the seven as, you know, who they are, you know, trying to take bought down in the, you know, compound V and everything. So, yeah, she is um, being very brave and actually becoming the superhero. And we see and and, and our I mean, judging from last season, we see how the relationship is. But those two are the heart of the show. When everything is really stripped down, you have like, you know, the Billy the Butcher is overly, you know, eccentric and how he is, you know, Homelander. Oh, my God, we know how he is, you know, um, and then the rest of the seven. But you got these two who really ground us into um, their relationship, number one, yeah. and um, just making the boys more human, you know, more relatable, re relatable, you know, if you get me. It's a great it's a great relationship because, you know, they really shouldn't be together. It's a bad idea, a terrible right. idea. Yeah. And they yeah. they can't they can't stay away from each other. And a part of it is because, you know, you know, they what does Mother's Milk say to say to Butcher? He says, Huey is like your canary. You can't kill him because he lets you know when you go too far. I love that. I love that. Right? I love that. I, I, yeah, that was such a great way to tether him back mm -hmm. because those two, you know, Butcher and Huey are polar opposites. Right. But you know, considering how, um, you know, Billy is, you know, Billy, you know, Billy is and just his overall, you know, personality just to for for for, you know, Mother's Milk to define that, yeah. you know, as him being a canary and everything. That was that was brilliant. Great writing. So so the, 
and and these guys so let's talk about where the boys ended up so they're living like the the humans in one of those terminator movies yeah under a comic book store where they're like you know at any second homelander could just walk right downstairs <laughs> like there's right. nothing anyone could do about it right, right. they're just in right. new york and i think that there's this great plain sight <laughs> absolutely and there's this great scene where i think huey is on the street and he's looking around and you hear homelander sonic booming around new york right you're, yeah. you're, yeah. so you know yeah. he's around so it's yeah. like there's this like tremulous danger that's existent through the whole right. season because of that. Um, I I I like that Starlight is not just going back to Huey, and I like that Starlight has her own plan, and she's going to yeah. run that plan out no matter what else happens, and she's not going to wait on anybody. She's no damsel, no well, damsel well, whatsoever. Well, well, number one, Huey 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 broke her heart. She he you know um, last season, so she. She wants to do better and knows how bad, you know, elements of the seven are, especially Homeland. Right. You know, so her going on her own just makes so much, you know, more sense because she doesn't have to be tethered to what Huey's motivations are. You know, it makes it makes her character uh, and it keeps going back to what we're talking about. Well-rounded characters in this show and they're not just types. Right. They have depth and they do weird, weird stuff that's totally incomprehensible. Like I, I I want to talk for a second about this, this, um, the Stillwell getting blown up, like a uh, ID thing that oh. they had where they were showing the reproduction with a really bad accent. Oh, blow you up, lady. Oh, well, yeah, well, with, with uh, well, Hanson, Steve yeah, Hanson. Yeah, Chris Hanson. Yeah, Chris Hanson. Yeah. Why don't you have a seat, Mr. Butcher? Have a seat real quick. <laughs> so you came over here to murder this lady and her child. All right. And they just automatically assumed they knew exactly what happened because that was that's what was told to them. Right. You know, so this is the reenactment of how we see it. And it just really says a whole lot about how lies are put upon us. Yep. You know, how stories are fabricated and everything. Mm -hmm. Of course, we never know what really happened, but it suits the narrative. The narrative suits the, the narrative is of what they want to present just really just fits. But, you know, Homelander can't help himself from putting his fingerprint on even this. He has this great cover story. It's absolutely perfect. He'll never get caught for this, ever, ever, ever. Right. And yet right. he picks up the baby and drops it off 17 miles away. <laughs> that baby didn't get blown that far. Like, how'd the, how'd the baby get that far? So, obviously, yeah. this is yeah. what happened. It was Homelander, and everybody sort of winks at it. And we yeah. all have to pretend. Yeah. Oh, because you'd never right. think it was really Homelander, I guess, if this were... Like, how much deprogramming would it take before the American people realize that Homelander is evil. Uh, that is now a question that hey, is going to dangle over this season. I think. Homelander has so many followers, so many loyalists and everything. You would literally have to see him in a weakened state of form mm -hmm. in order for his followers to, to even look to see that, you know, that, um, that, that whatever he says isn't true, you know, it's because they see like, him. No matter what <laughs> happens, a certain amount of people are never going to believe the truth. And a certain amount of people will always believe a lie, no matter yeah. what. Almost hey, like if you study history, you lie, can find out that always happened. Hey, the bigger the lie, the more they believe. We we learned that in the wire one on one. That's right. You got to go with the big lie. I, uh, I, I, I like this. So the next thing that basically comes up is Annie and the gecko. I want to talk okay. about the gecko because that's kind of how you know Huey sends her, gives her this file, mm -hmm. so she can go see like her friend from church camp, which as someone with friends from church camp, I can relate. That's a weird. That's a weird relationship. <laughs> Uh, and basically this guy is prostituting himself by letting people cut off parts of his body that immediately grow oh. back for money, which is very, very grotesque. That and is very just, just gross. Crazy. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I guess probably like anything else. Do you think you can train yourself to ignore that sort of pain? Do you think he feels that? 
or do you think he doesn't even feel it? Because I know he doesn't react. Imagine the producers just thinking of things, just outrageous stuff. Okay, well, how about, how about you know, if, if he comes in and just wants to, okay, instead of him just regularly growing back his limbs and everything, yeah. how about we make him, um, you know, pay and have him um, have people pay to see him, you know, actually cutting himself, uh, uh, cutting parts of his body off. Yeah. And then, you know, just throwing another gag, well, you know, if um, I'll get, if throwing another thousand bucks, uh, you could chop him my dick, you know. And the guy is just like all for it because it just shows the 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 um, it shows the element of what people will stoop to in order to to pleasure themselves, you yeah. know. Um, and this is a great way of you know it's a hyper it's a hyper extended way, but it's a great way of showing that. I I, I love that. I also love that the the way that she blackmails him is by talking about the fact that they made him play Jesus Christ in the Passion Play. Because they could nail nails into his body, and he would just be like, "Whoa, that Uh, is something else. That is something else." I I have a note here, and it's, you know, she basically says, "There's no." So Annie tells Gecko, "There's nothing up there. There's nobody in the sky. Not God. Not Homelander. Not anybody. It's all just lies." And and then they're talking about this church camp where they they take all the kids with superpowers to go to this church and say like, "Whoa." God picked you to have these powers, right? God told you to do this. And they try to like, like impose a morality on these people. And it fails because you can't do that. I think I lost Sam. Hold on. I lost DP. One second, guys. We're all good. We're all good still. Lost connection there. Yeah, you're back. All right, cool. So anyway. Okay. So I was talking about how insidious I thought it was to take all the superpower kids and take them to one church camp and basically tell okay. them that they're the elect of the world and that, <laughs> and that Jesus has picked them specifically for this purpose and that they should feel like the earth is theirs to inherit, even though they're neither meek <laughs> nor, nor are they kind. So uh, right. I think that that's an incredibly insidious thing, but explains a lot about the sense of entitlement that all these especially the second generation yeah. people have, right? They would, of course, feel, yeah. feel marked, right? you know, uh, as superior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been told all their lives and everything, and um, they see how the generation before them is um, came about and everything. So, of course, they're feeling themselves even more, you know, mm-hmm. um, as, you know especially with their powers and stuff. Um, let's, let's touch a little bit back on um, Stormfront. Yeah. And um, just like the little gags. We, we talk about little sight gags and everything. If you guys picture closely when when the stormfront is has her phone and um just just take your time rewind and slow down and look at all the comments that people make <laughs> when they're watching her live on on her instagram and everything it's just way too hilarious and stuff and the way she just introduces herself to homelander with no type of fear you know no fear of what you know what what have you and he sort of gets taken aback with that you know um, I, I thought it was it was a great way of um, setting up his pro, you know, antagonist, um, you know, for the season. It made me think a lot about like, like when a Hall of Fame player is near the end of their career, and there's a new Hall of Fame player on the team, and there's a little bit of overlap where you have like an aging Joe DiMaggio, for instance, and a brand new Mickey Mantle, right? Mm-hmm. And it's expected that the young person, aka Mickey Mantle, is supposed to defer to the older person 
Right. But the other person gets hurt a lot doing that, right? I mean, right. it costs. Mickey Mantle tore his ACL on a grating in Yankee Stadium because he pulled up on a fly ball because DiMaggio called him off. Not right. everyone knows that. He used to be really fast. And then after that, he basically couldn't run anymore. <laughs> so he never should have been deferring to DiMaggio. Uh, this older millennial, like older 70s, early 80s, right? Like 70 to mm -hmm. 85 versus probably 85 to zero, like 20 and 20 right. to 35 and 35 and up. This, this is an interesting dichotomy in that I think that the adults, so the people that are boomers, don't understand that there's a big cut. There's a cut somewhere in the middle of there, and it depends on where you're from and, and what age you were when you started getting the internet. I really right. believe <laughs> that there is a cut. Like if you grew up with the internet from the time yeah. when you were a child, you yeah. are a younger millennial, in my opinion. And if oh, it yeah. came to you yeah. before, like, then I'm, what I mean by this is very simple. Puberty. Before puberty, you're a younger millennial. Because right. the way you use the internet was pretty much settled before puberty. And if you're older than that, you're an old millennial. And it matters yeah. where you're from. Like, I think that you get, like, that cuts a lot sooner in places like New York and Chicago and L.A. than it is in places like where I'm from, which is, like, West Virginia, in case I haven't brought that up before. Very... Not one of the cutting edge type places <laughs> in the country is the way we'll put that. Hmm. Um, I I really like this Mr. Edgar, just to kind of finish up episode one here. Okay. So they go and meet the deputy director of the CIA, who is like, that's like a three-star general, by the way, in like American, like that's the equivalent, right? A three-star right. lieutenant general. And she starts talking about Vought and this coup of the American government's getting set up for the inside, and her head just explodes right in everybody's face, just graphically... <laughs> Like a, like a like Gallagher and a watermelon, you know? Just right. Boom! Smashes her head. And everyone, get, blood gets everywhere. And and I, it wasn't Homelander that did that, right? Like, we know it wasn't Homelander. We don't mm -hmm. understand the mechanism of what happened. But right after that, mm -hmm. Mr. Edgar and Homelander have this conversation where Homelander is obviously very afraid of Mr. Edgar for some reason. And he's not afraid of Homelander for the same reason, right? Yeah. This is yeah. that Frederick Vaught, Vaught speech where we find out that Compound V was invented by Nazis. And tested on, get this, Holocaust victims. So, technically speaking, it's not science that we should possess as a society because we've decided that science should only do ethical things. So this is forbidden knowledge. It's almost like the, uh, like in uh, Game of Thrones when Sam went to that like secret maester's place for no reason, or you know, in yeah. a better story when someone goes to like when Hermione goes to a library in Harry Potter, right? Right. Kind of like that. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you, you 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 come up with something and you need something to experiment on just to see if it, if it actually works, you know, just to see how it works. I mean, the mind is just so it's just that curious to where you're not even thinking about the safety of it. You're just trying to see if it actually, you know, works or what not not even if it works, but what actually is going to happen, mm -hmm. you know. So um, people could be the living bodies of experiments, you know, hence like, you know, making like vaccines or you know, just trying stuff out. Um. Without the people's <laughs> consent or choice. Without the, the people's consent or choice. This is know? a big problem. And it's it's something where there was some scientific knowledge that, that was not considered to be valid because it wasn't done under um, ethical yeah. circumstances. It was a big feat. It was a feature of the Holocaust. Dr. Mengele is probably the one. Like, oh, we could name. go all, all the way back to like the Tuskegee experiments. Well, there, well. You know? So <laughs> listen, nobody's so, saying so, nobody's saying the American government's clean on that. It's history. If it if, if it was done before, like you, we was talking about, the whole 20th century mm -hmm. is right there. What you should do, what you should not do. Gotta but tell if people you don't learn, 
then you will repeat all that all over So you. this is experiments on people for profit, ultimately. I mean, you're creating a privileged, a privileged class, but yes. how many kids are dying when you give them this stuff? Like, I know that there's, there's probably yes. some other stuff happening yes. there. Yes. Adult yes. patients yes. are dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody can't turn out perfect. So, you know, the right combination, you know, it, it would be a really great episode to find out um, – how the how compound V was even invented and created and how it was even experimented. That would be a really dark episode, you know, probably not in tune with like the humor that we would like, you know, that we're seeing uh, like throughout the boys, but that'd be really, really something deep for this show to actually touch. Uh, it really would. It, it really would be something deep for this show to touch. And I think it could, because I think that the creative team that's involved sort of understands the difference between shocking and shocking because it's like bad. You know what I mean? Like to skip ahead, to skip ahead, at the end of episode three, there's mm -hmm. basically uh, a whale murder, like a like a, a whale, a sperm whale gets murdered, like like on yeah. the deck of a old whaling yeah. ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's ambergris yeah. on screen here because the deep is an idiot and doesn't understand the laws of physics. Such, <laughs> such, such, such an idiot! Oh my goodness gracious, I that mean, guy! My goodness gracious! So Ugh. you know, if you can handle whale murder and you can handle you know shooting babies like their guns like bah, 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 like that <laughs> then then i think you can probably put together a holocaust story that is at least at least has some yeah sort of... yeah I, I know they got the capabilities yeah. it's just whether they want to go there i mean they're already going there in a lot of ways i didn't even think a show like this would go so oh, let's just let's just do it i mean the people people are loving what you guys are doing so far let's just go all the way with it absolutely so that's episode one and there's a lot to unpack between you know, the main things I, I remember from this episode are the insane amount of fascist imagery and how I remember being like a year ago, I would have been surprised by this. And now I'm not. I remember how like powerful Annie really is, like how strong her will is and how strong yeah. of a character she is. Yes. And I remember this. I remember <laughs> Homelander going into Stillwell's office and drinking her frozen breast milk. Oh. I, remember, I remember that, oh. which is which is. Oh. Which uh, made my wife say, apparently that's a porn thing and it's gross, is what she it's, said. Hey, and the way he, he just, you know, sticks his tongue out in it, in there and Here. everything, it's just, oh man, he is He's... just, I, 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 I love the, um, going back to um, Transglu, I, I love the, um, the funeral, the, the casket of all glass and nothing in it, man. That's just a great gag right there, man. Oh my goodness. Like you guys, <laughs> when you get down to it, and this is probably going to be more more than I even want to say or be serious about on this show. But mm. remember, when when the apostles went to Jesus's tomb, he wasn't there waving at him, right? Yeah, gone. Yeah, okay. So so this hey, this empty deepness, an man. empty tomb, right? An empty tomb yeah. and an altar at a church, mm -hmm. and a very very angry pastor. Uh, who doesn't really respect the congregation, right? Anyway. And then at the end of the episode, we get our hero <laughs> comes back, back um, Mr. Billy Butcher, Daddy's home. Yep. You know, I, I love the way he comes in because you you already knew that no episode with um, uh, an ep a whole episode without Billy Butcher is like okay, how can you have a voice without Billy? But they tried and they did a really good job, you know, mm -hmm. just establishing. You know, that the, the, the other characters don't necessarily need him, you know, per se. But when he comes, you know, he comes with like, you know, that fire and that, you know, that, that brimstone and everything. You know, he comes back and just sets everybody straight. 
daddy's home, you know, with that wicked smile, you know, and tell us who he, he, uh, he lets Huey know who's exactly in charge here. Yeah. And, and Huey is not super, uh, this weird, there's a weird leadership dynamic between the two of them where, where uh-huh. he thinks that Butcher's kind of going in the wrong direction. And Butcher obviously just wants to kill all these power people and really doesn't care yeah. sort of about what gets in. He doesn't want anything to get in his way. He's just going to kill him. Right. Um, we're treated to this, this scene where a, a man throws a boat at some Haitians, right? At the Haitian, at the Haitian gang who smuggled him into the country. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking when this happened, that it's going to be obvious that the boys are sort of involved in this, right? Because they're the ones that are going to go investigate it. And I'm just, at this point, I'm not sure what his powers are, but obviously he's very powerful. And this is sort of the focus of the second episode, right? Mm-hmm. Is the second episode is who is, you know, who is this mysterious man? And also, who's playing the deep skills? Like, that's, how about that surprise? You know, I, I will, I will, I, it sounded like it was Patton Oswalt. It's Patton Oswalt. It is. It's Patton Oswalt playing the deep <laughs> skills. But I couldn't find him in the credits. I was like, okay, he, he was, I looked, I tried to look at him on IMDb and yeah. everything. I didn't see his name. So that was Patton Oswalt? That was Patton Oswalt playing his, his oh. uncredited cameo. He's tweeted yeah. about it. He's tweeted about okay. it. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I, 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 you know, it's, I know his voice sounded familiar. Yeah. Hilarious. 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 I mean, this is such a great bit. And it's, it's, it's the deep in sort of like an under hallucinogenics because he's a, hooked into this weird sort of Scientology-esque church that is like coming in to pick up the broken soups and direct them to Lord knows what end. Lord knows what end. I mean, these are people who, like Eagle the yeah. Archer says like, oh, I just ran out of arrows. And then he says this thing that's this great, this great tropey thing where he says, well, when I was thinking arrows versus tech nines, and that's just like, this, this, that's such a superhero comic thing, right? Because Batman uses boomerangs. And like, what's right. the point of, like, Hawkeye's got bow and arrow. Like, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. Why would you just you use a gun? Boy, if, if, if it's AR-15s and, like, you know, machine guns and everything, and you're coming out with an arrow, you know, I mean. There's only on so now. many arrows in the quiver. Like, what? what? Yeah, 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 yeah. So why Hilarious. even get involved, right? So the question is, so <laughs> it's, it's the meta question. Like, would the world be better off without these superheroes would they were they or were they not and it seems that the comment is pretty much i mean of all all those people would have been pretty much fine yeah you know it would have been pretty much fine well well it brings in that other joke about aquaman you know mm-hmm. what is oh, yeah he, what is he <laughs> this guy talks of fish yeah. so what 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 oh, how can you really take him seriously as a superhero when all he does is talk about fish what is aquaman when he's outside of the ocean nothing <laughs> I, I love that commentary that Aquaman is the worst superhero of all time and really he's pretty useless unless you have a very specific circumstance like and I love that in episode 3 we get that specific circumstance because there's a boat chase and there's yes. an inlet yes. there's a boat yes. chase and an inlet yes. and an we inlet finally, and a boat we, chase we, we finally see you know him being useful you know it's kind what of, does he do? I, 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 <laughs> the stupidest possible thing does he jump on the boat and kick him in the face? nope, nope. that probably would have worked no, he rides a sperm whale into the opening and says, I'll stop their boat. But the boys don't care. They crash through the whale. Oh, you know, Billy d- doesn't give a shit. He doesn't you care know? about people. He doesn't care Billy, about a whale. <laughs> Billy's like, okay, I can take this whale. I can take Moby Dick, oh you know? <laughs> oh, my God. So so the deep is the worst, right? And, and the deep is also like has sharks on his team. 
and he's oh, he's saying yeah. that the goldfish were were begging for their lives to him, which is just for like, for, so for for a guy who can really control like well nine nine ninety uh seventy percent of Earth is if it's made of water and everything, you would think the guy would get more respect. I mean, the United States Navy is very important for that reason. They get a lot of respect, from what I understand. You would think that the master of the oceans would get a lot of respect, but he's nope. not. He doesn't even respect himself. He can't even love his own body that's augmented. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know. Oh man. Wow. Whole Gill's thing is just like just hyper hilarious. We seen that um last season where you know the um the girl was you know came into his um hotel room mm-hmm. and wanted to. She was just fascinated by the whole Gill thing and it just like you know turned her on you know and stuck his. Oh, she put her fingers show. inside his gills. Oh my goodness! And I can only imagine, you know, the pain that he felt, and he didn't. He I wonder he, if that he, does he, hurt. He, wonder if that hurts. That's a good question. That's an open question for me because I mean, you know, right, right, right. I mean, you right, grab right. a fish by the gill, you don't feel bad about it, right? Uh, you, know, you feel you know, terrible not, about it. But of course, the fish can't talk to you. If the fish was begging for its life, you probably wouldn't be so blasé about it. But he's so self-conscious, man. I mean, and then, you know, Homelander at the end there saying <laughs> his um his gill is showing and it's disgusting. Yeah, his gill is showing. It's disgusting. <laughs> wait, 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 wait to just dig even more, you know, into the deep, you know, dig make deep. Make him feel terrible. The one person that the one person that will accept him as as like a member of the seven also does so and thinks he's disgusting and yeah. is willing to do so despite all of his, you know, to, but despite all of the sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations that dog him, a blonde guy draped in an American flag uh-huh. is ignoring sexual assault allegations against his deputy. So anyway, so they crash into this whale. And <laughs> and it's this this really disgusting scene. And there's this scene where Huey's like inside the whale, he's all busted up. He's like, Leave me here. And it was so funny to me because he's in the middle of a destroyed whale, and this is his paradise, right? Like he would prefer to be in this in this smashed, dying because it's not dead yet, because you can hear right. the being dying right. whale than uh-huh. with butcher. <laughs> Oh man! Be. I mean, that's 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 uh, that's Huey. That's our that's our hero. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, Huey. He just hates Billy that much. You know, but you know, um, like I said, towards the the very end of the episode, we just find out that they they need each other very badly in order for like it just goes back to the metaphor we was talking about last episode last season about the Spice Girls and everything. Yeah. Everybody has their individual parts. You know, they're not really anything, but when they come together, they're the fucking Spice Girls. You know, Canary. You know, is 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 um is um is what Huey is to Billy Butcher. Yep, and you can't you need that. You can't be just do it. You have to at a certain point, you have to reach the end of what you're willing to do because the right. ends can't always justify the means. Right, you can't, or right. Else you're just what you're trying to fight, which is right. a literal Nazi. I mean, literally, he's like Vod is a Nazi company, so it's a oh Nazi. yeah 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 pretty much. I'm um, thankful that they took a they took away the the. Uh, uh, any of the ambiguity about that. I'm thankful that they did that because that makes it oh, a yeah. lot easier to talk about when it is just real Nazis. <laughs> I mean, because you can just, you know, we can make a video game where you just shoot them. It's like, fine. So. And Let's no talk about, about. Um, um, okay, so we hardly see, you know, these characters outside of their costumes. So, you know, we, we see like um, Annie, you know, she's in out of her costume like all the time. So that's just her character, period. We never see Homelander outside of his. We never, uh, I don't think we've seen A-Train. Of course, you know, we don't see Black Noir. Uh, we never see Translucent, you know, but just that one time during last season. He still has a uniform, um, and, though, which is hilarious. 
Because he, yeah, 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 right? he's in that statue. Yeah, it's just yeah, his uniform yeah. going like this. <laughs> so it was sort of weird that we got to see Queen Maeve, mm. you know, outside of her costume, you know, talking with her girlfriend. And I, I like the dimension that they gave her. Um, they didn't really explain her motivations like last season, why she was so um, so um, um, just not wanting to be with, you know, her girlfriend and everything. But we find out that she's all she's doing is trying to protect her because Homeland, I mean, Homeland, Homeland dirt. <laughs> he is so much of a dick. You know, that you just don't know how he's going to react, what's going to happen. And because they had a, him and um, Queen May had that type of relationship. If he ever found out about, you know, um, Queen May's, you know, woman on the side and everything, it might be the end of her. So this is the reason why she's keeping her at bay. You got to stay. You know? She got to stay away from me because I'm Homelander's girlfriend. And I, I thought that, <clears throat> that 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 movie script really clarified exactly what you know, the problem is, is that Homelander can't afford to be seen as weak. And so he has to hold on to her, right? Because mm -hmm. he, as strong as he is, it's all of a construction. He's not really strong. He's a very weak person and has to do these things like go to, go and drink still breast milk and, and all these crazy things because he's undisciplined, which is weakness. Yeah. So yeah. mentally Homelander is exhibiting these signs that he's going to crack and it's going to be a, a big problem for everybody that isn't as It's going to be, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. When when the when the shit hits the fan and, you know, when the bubble bursts, as mm -hmm. they call it and everything. His rage know, bubble is going to be big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they got to figure out. It might be like a whole thing where everybody teams up, you know, a trope thing just teams up to fight this guy, <laughs> you know. So it's curious to see how that, you know, that how that's going to how that's going to play itself out. Let's let's talk for a second about Ryan. I want to talk about Ryan. Poor little Ryan. And I want to say this about these scenes where, where Homelander's there and it's mm -hmm. sort of like having it probably, this is probably what it would be like to find out your dad was like, like if I found out my dad was John Elway, really, or something <laughs> like that. And he kept coming around and being like, you could be a quarterback. And I'm like, I don't want to be a quarterback. And he's like, well, you could, I, you're my son. You can throw the ball pretty good. Whip it around. You know, I'm, I'm using a nut. That's not how John Elway talks. You guys, <laughs> he, he doesn't have a weird accent like that. Um, but you understand where I'm, what I'm going for. Yeah, this yeah. this comedy of this comedy of Ryan hating Homelander, like just really hating Homelander, is so funny because it's the one thing because it's the one thing that Homelander has no control over is whether or not his son is going to like him. Right? He has no control over this. It's the one. It's the one person that can tell him to go. You know, go and, fuck and, himself. And, and isn't that the weakness of every parent? You know, <laughs> you 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 have you have your sons and you have your daughters and everything. You have your um you know offsprings and stuff. Mm -hmm. You want to please them, and you and if you you can't be that cold to to just dismiss them. Well, you know some people you know dismiss them, but <laughs> in, this, in, in this instance and everything, that is his essential weakness and everything. You know, so in effect, um, uh, the uh, uh, um, his mom mm -hmm. also all, almost has that ultimate control because she controls her son, who essentially is controlling um, Homelander to a degree. You know, being that you know, that's he the weakness. Can't just kill his way out of this, and and no, that's that's no, the thing is like no, his number no. one button to press is the murder button, and if he right. does that, he knows he'll lose Ryan. Ryan will not. No. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, ain't Ryan, be Ryan, okay Ryan, with Ryan is not going to fuck with him like that. No, no. you can't just kill all. his mommy and then think he's going to be like, okay, fine, let's yeah, go get yeah, some yeah, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never going to happen. You're creating your enemy right there. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so he he is like he's determined to show Ryan that he has powers. 
And there's this scene where he takes him up on the roof after breakfast and they have this long conversation about how things are going to be great. And Homelander just shoves him off the roof. And there's this hilarious... You knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. There's this hilarious... But there's the hilarious dead body... Like uh, smash yeah, yeah. scene where he smashes into the ground with absolutely he's like, no. He's like, oh well, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. And he's yeah, fine. look, look, say, say, he's look, he's he's fine, he's fine. Look, you know, he's and then his mom just, I mean, it's 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 great Homelander material right there. Great scene, you know, of Homelander just being the cold dick asshole that he is and everything. And then, um, you know, eventually, of course, it's his son because that's his son. He's you know he's fine and everything, yeah. but his son, son is now enraged. <laughs> You know, um, you know, what the heck is going on? And um, um, then then Homelander confronts his mom, mm-hmm. which his son is not really feeling whatsoever. No, no. And, and he and he basically punches him. Right. He's like punches him right. and like smacks, like shoots him with the lasers. And Homelander's like, yes. So now, yeah, yeah. I now, knew it. <laughs> terrible. Like this is a terrible position to be in if you're now, you know, if you're Becca, because now guess what button's going to get pressed instead of murder. It's going to be torture mommy, and that's going to be much worse, a much worse position than, than just just uh, you know pushing the kid off the roof. Right, right. That right. had a very Jamie Lan- Jamie Lannister, like at mm-hmm. the end of Game of Thrones, at the end of that first episode of Game of Thrones, where he shoved the kid off like out the window. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yep. I had that, that smiling blonde guy, glad handing, glad handing. Whoop. The, the 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 event that drove the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, man. That's it. Yeah, we, we we jumped around. We a lot. did, but that's okay because this is what happens when Amazon releases a, more than one episode. <laughs> you're gonna get a show where we're gonna talk about the the, the themes and because you don't want us sitting here and going through the plot beat by beat. Well, that's well, let's just briefly talk about the great way they they you know di- you know distributed this. So we get the three episodes. Mm-hmm. We we last season we just got all eight, eight episodes at like you know one time and bam you know right. it just hit everybody up inside the, the head. It nearly didn't get it didn't nearly get as much you know coverage as how it is right now because everyone is just now discovering the show and knowing how great it, you know that first season was. It's and not how, just uh, that too. Think about it. Twenty nineteen. This came out like July of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. That is three months after Endgame. So yeah. superhero movies had reached a saturation point, but now. Yes. We haven't yes, seen any movies yes. for six months. We haven't seen no, no, Nothing. yeah, because of COVID and everything. We're stars. No Black Widow. No none, surprise. You no know, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. No, nothing. No, not nothing, even a nothing. Christopher Nolan movie that isn't a Batman. We can't even get that. <laughs> so, so twenty twenty's not been super nice to us about, uh, not you know, at all. not not at all about uh, about no, movies. No, so this is no, now like the apex superhero content that's out there. It's no longer a B tier thing because the A tier took the year off. Yeah. So it's getting yeah. the a whole new, like the, its relationship to the superhero tropes is completely changed by the fact that it is now the premier superhero vehicle of this moment. So when people not are watching mention, this, it's number one. Not to mention that it's dropping some really great jewels about things that are actually happening in real life right now. So so some of the parallels, you know, of things being talked about in this show <laughs> to things that actually happen outside of the show is just really just scary to a degree you know it is scary to see the symbolism of the american flag being Mm -hmm. subverted by homelander to you know use those symbols as a way to prop him his own power yeah and and to, to garner loyalty and to garner like as many followers just to, okay we know this flag means so much you know to everyone and everything so let's take this symbol and you know just 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 
wipe it all in their faces. <laughs> but the thing is that there's something called a simulacrum. Do you know what a simulacrum is if I say that word? <clears throat> it's a, Please define it. So it's a postmodern idea where if you make a bunch of copies of something, the, like the quality degrades over time, right? So, right. so what, what Homelander is, is he's a simulacrum of patriotism. He's a simulacrum of, uh, of Superman. He's not, mm -hmm. he's an inversion of those things. So he's mm -hmm. not actually patriotic, but he's symbolically super patriotic. Mm. He's not actually moral, but he's symbolically and outwardly super moral. He is a hyper hypocrite. And if there is anything that has defined the politics of this day, it is the existence of super hypocrisy on a level <laughs> that has not been known for, well, probably since the 1860s, I would say. I mean, you know, there were some pretty big hypocrites at the founding of the country, for sure. But now, this, this is a time where there's so little substance in politics that almost everything is straight symbolism. Yeah, and, and this is an inversion of that because it makes it obvious to you by showing you mm -hmm. behind the scenes right. what is happening. Right. But I think you can infer a lot of the same moral ability 